This is Bonus Questions with Pastor John and Pastor Tim. All right. Uh, you know, we're going to do some bonus questions now. Yeah, let's do you some, ready bonus for some questions. bonus questions? Yeah. But before that, let's have an advertisement. You want to do a commercial? Sure. <laughs> you didn't know I was going to do No, this. spontaneous commercial. I like yeah, it, spontaneous though. Spontaneous <laughs> commercial. Uh, some good music. Did you know that there is a Lutheran rapper? There is, yeah. I'm glad you're bringing this up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He has been, he's been rolling with us. We've been rolling hard. We went down to, <laughs> to best practices in Phoenix with uh, Ryan Krantz, our head elder. Yep. Definitely rolled down the windows and listened to some, some Flame. Flame yeah, is the name. Flame. Flame. Out of St. Louis. Out of St. Louis, STL represent. Yep. And some good, good, solid rap music. Yeah. It's, it's good hip-hop rap but Flame became a Lutheran recently, and he went to the same seminary that we, we went to, Concordia, in St. Louis, and yeah. he has his master's in sacred theology. Yeah, systematics, I think. Systematics, yeah. yeah. He has a theology master's in systematics. Yeah. And uh, he basically took all of the content he learned in that master's degree, and he put it into a rap album, and it, it is, is awesome. Words cannot express <laughs> it's awesome. the genius and the amazingness. Yeah. I just don't have I, enough. Can adjectives. we please have him here in Carney sometime? I think that'd be good. Oh, man, that'd be so cool. So uh, if you were inclined to uh, rap hip-hop music, you want to be adventurous in your, your music, maybe you're just listening to classic rock like, like Byron Hansen, yeah. um, our parish administrator. Expand your boundaries. Expand you know? your boundaries. Yeah. Check out Flame. What's the name of the, the album? Uh, Extra Nos. Extra Nos. Is it? Or 2KR? Extra Nos. Yeah. Extra Nos, yeah. Extra it's Nos. There you go. Is it Extra Nos or Extra Nos? Extra Nos, N-O-S. Are you better at Latin than, than me? I don't know. Probably yeah. not. Probably, <laughs> I, I think our kids are better at Latin because they go to Zion. But That's uh, right. Okay. Another commercial. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Zion Lutheran Zion will Lutheran teach school. you. Good classical education. <laughs> Teaches them Latin. Okay. Commercial's over. Okay. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, so bonus questions. We got two. Okay. I love this first one. Why do most children's Bible stories portray Noah's Ark as a fun fairy tale? Yeah. And this, you know what? This question nails this conversation right on the head. Because it fits. <laughs> that's exactly the problem. Noah's Ark is a tragic story. You know, the, the flood. Cause, and one of the most crushing lines in all of scripture is in that story where, where God looks down and he's grieved that he even made his creation because he sees that the hearts yeah. of man are filled with evil continually. Doesn't it even say that he repented of making yeah. human beings because there was violence and corruption? Just the all earth. the time. And then God hits the reset button. Yeah. I mean, like, everybody dies. Yeah. And, of course, there's grace in that story. There's, there's really amazing grace in that story as Noah finds grace with God, favor with God. And really that ark is a picture of the church, baptism, coming through the waters to the other side to a new creation. Promised, fulfilled. Yeah. But I would say that the reason that those stories are portrayed as a fun fairy tale is because most children's Bibles are awful. Yeah. They're just kind of junk. Well, and we d we do in our culture, we tend to strip any real content out of any kid's stuff anyway. Yeah. Which I think is a terrible disservice to, to kids. It's like, here's what I think parenting's about. Orient your kids to reality. Yeah. 
orient your, and even if that reality is sometimes scary, they should know it. And kids can absorb a lot of stuff. Yeah, and you know, you're reminding me of a, another commercial uh, for a great children's Bible. I hand these out at every baptism I do, uh, the Jesus Storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd-Jones. And go buy it right now. Read it to your kids every night. And, and they do the story of Noah's Ark, but they do it. Really, there's, a, there's that feeling of grief is in the story mm-hmm. and, and God's wrath, but also God's kindness and his mercy and his promise of grace. And there's something that Sally Lloyd-Jones said, the author, in a podcast, nonetheless, is that she said, you know, we try to hide kids from painful things. Uh, from reality, but the, our kids know the world is a scary, broken place. Yeah. Uh, let's bring them to Jesus. Let's let's let them navigate the scariness of this world through the comfort of the Holy Scriptures. Yeah, yeah. totally. So don't so, yeah, don't hide your kids from the yeah. scary parts of life, the scary parts of the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. Tell them so that they can understand their circumstance. They can they can cling to Jesus all the more. And and just to to clarify my clarify my comment that I think a lot of children's Bibles are garbage. Maybe I'm being a little too intense there, but if your children's Bible doesn't have Jesus at the center, if Jesus is just one story among all the stories, I think there's something amiss there because a good children's Bible is going to weave the whole thing together in Christ. Um, Enough on that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, what's the, uh, the next question? We the got? next one is quite challenging. It actually came from our music director, uh, Jolene Burke. She asks us to explain Luke chapter 11, verse 24 to 26. So we better read that so that we know what we're talking about. Yeah, sure. So uh, Jesus says, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places, seeking rest and finding none. It says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. Yeah. I mean, striking and difficult words, especially if you're not looking at the context. Yeah. I think the worry would be some people will read this and will think, oh, this is like a code for exorcisms. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you do your exorcism wrong, if you, you can get it. seven demons instead of one, that's no good. Yeah. And I don't think that's not what's going on here. I don't think so either. So help us understand what exactly Jesus is getting at there. Well, yeah, so context is key. And in this context, Jesus is having these discussions with the Pharisees and uh, the others about, uh, about uh, perceiving the times, uh, about what's going on. Um, there's this accusation that uh, Jesus casts out demons by the prince of demons, uh, Beelzebub, uh, Beelzebul, rather. By the way, when I lived in Connecticut, there was a uh, Beelzebul Lane. Oh, nice. Yeah, in our town. <laughs> there was some weird backstory about a haunted house. and Interesting. Uh, anyways, uh, the context there is really Jesus is talking about this generation uh, of his own people, Israel. And we, we get, I think, a little bit of light shed on it if you read the, the parallel text in Matthew 13. Uh, because in that, we have this addition. Matthew 12, verse 45. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. 
and the last state of that person is worse than the first, so also will it be with this evil generation. And so what I think Jesus is saying is that like this generation, his own people that he came to, the people of Israel, they were the people who should have been cut to the heart, right? Mm -hmm. Repented, believed the good news, and joined God's kingdom. And yet they hardened their hearts. And so Jesus is saying that there's going to be a point of no return for this generation when they will experience the judgment of God. And for for them, it was, um, you know, they rejected the Christ. And then in 70 AD, uh, Titus came, yep. Roman general, right? And just decimated siege, Jerusalem. Yeah. And Jesus prophesied this. Destroyed in the, the temple. And yeah. nobody thought this would ever happen, but it did. And, and so, so in that sense, the latter state um, is worse than the former. That, that there is this consequence to rejecting the word of God. Uh, and Jesus speaks to that. So I think he's, he's not talking about the, how you can botch an exorcism. I don't right. think. I think he's talking about, about the, if somebody has the opportunity to hear God's word and they consistently resist it, that, that there can be a point where, where God hands us over to that unbelief. Yeah, and I, I think it's important to understand Jesus did actually cast out demons. Yeah, for real. And the, in that context, he was then accused of casting out demons by the, by the hand of Satan, right? Yeah, and, 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 and of so all the, the statements you could make that show your ignorance and unbelief and hardness of heart, that's kind of top of the list. Yeah. To call the work of God the work of evil. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, yeah, he's pointing out this, this demonic response that they had. Mm-hmm. And I think he's using the context of him casting out a real demon to describe how spiritually uh, void they are. Yeah. And, and Israel was the chosen the nation, right? The nation to give God's things to God, to the world. And they were rejecting the very presence of God as they rejected Jesus. And there was incredible, uh, incredible retribution and judgment against them because of that. So when we think about that, that question, we can kind of broaden it to, to a general principle. That's Mm -hmm. just basic, you know, do like rejecting Christ and rejecting the offer of salvation is, in, I mean, it's incredibly dangerous. Yeah. Incredibly ill-advised. And, and if, you, if you're hearing it, you have an opportunity to repent, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we don't want to mock God by, by resisting that opportunity. I think you summed it up well in your sermon when you said at the end of it, that if you, you know, repent and, and, and believe in the good news of Christ, that this is the wisest thing, you'll never regret this. Yeah. But if you are to harden your heart to God's word and, and reject it, then you have done the most foolish, regrettable thing ever, even if it doesn't seem like it now or in the next decade or the next 50 yeah. years. Yeah. It, it certainly will on the, on the day of the Lord, right? Well, so what's the title of this podcast? Did we ever arrive at clarity? I think, you know, I think it's got to be uh, Shot to the Heart. I was going to say this. <laughs> Is it it's Shot to the Heart? I think the bond... Or Shot Through the Heart. Oh, man. I think it's Shot Through the Heart. We'll clarify <laughs> You're too that. late. You give love a bad name. Oh, yeah, man. I think we should listen to the song immediately after this we podcast. We should just make up the lyrics. <laughs> and then we will... We've been singing it wrong for 10 years now. Clarify the title. <laughs> Good. 
All right. Well, thank you for joining us uh, for this episode of Every Moment His and our bonus questions. Um, God's peace be with you. We are continuing on into the church year, the season of Pentecost. Trinity Sunday. Trinity Sunday is coming up where we... Athanasian Creed. Contemplate the... Uh, the beauty of God's person as he's revealed himself to us. Yep, so we'll be doing that next week. Sounds good.